Welcome to another episode of the School of Purpose podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping emerging purpose-driven leaders and entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, inspiration, and principles for success for their life, their business, and their career. Now let the class begin. day good day good day welcome to another episode of the school of purpose podcast this is marquise brayton lifestyle entrepreneur inspirational speaker and life coach to the purpose driven individual i want to thank you for joining me again this week for a brand new episode and this episode i definitely wanted to have because i believe that it is important for all of us to build a personal brand. And as we discuss personal branding, I wanted to have on the episode someone who has had some great experience in helping to build personal brands as well as small business brands. And today's guest is someone who has the experience and the knowledge on how to do that. My interview today is with Carol Dunlop, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. She is the Senior Vice President of Marketing and Publications for Creative Services International, which is a company owned by her and her husband. Carol is an accomplished art director, production manager, illustrator, graphic artist, web designer, and webmaster who has worked professionally since 1986. With 15 plus years of computerized typesetting, design and layout became second nature to her. Ultimately, this led to her career in web design. And I just thought it would be a great opportunity to hear from a professional who builds websites and who was very keen on what it means to build a profitable and influential brand. So for the theme for today's show, I called it Your Brand is Your Business. Your Brand is Your Business. So without delaying the episode and delaying you getting this great knowledge, let's go ahead and go into the podcast and I will return back to you after the interview. Well, Carol, thank you for joining me today for the School of Purpose podcast. I am so excited that you decided to reach out after I had sent out a a message on Facebook about interviewing some entrepreneurs who were interested in helping purpose-driven individuals uh, live more greatly inside their purpose and really do the work that they love. And so I'm excited about what you're going to be sharing with us today on the School of Purpose podcast, and I hope that you are excited as well. So welcome. Thank you so much, Marquise. I am very excited to be here. So glad that you put that message out there. I had just said to myself, I need to get on more podcasts because I'm in that phase, you know, of marketing my book and I need to get the word out and let people know. And boom, there you were. I think it was divine intervention. Definitely. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's hear a little bit more about you and your background. Just share with the listening audience so that we can kind of get a foundation before we start the interview. 
I would love to. Well, basically, I work with women business owners who want to get clients with their website. Okay. And that sounds really easy. It sounds like, okay, but most people don't know how to get clients with their website, or how to really use their website to get clients, to attract clients, to keep clients, to get people to buy from you over and over and over again. So on track with that and trying to get, you know, find out where my purpose really lies. I've been taking this whole year of 2016 to kind of get clear on what I wanted to do, whom I wanted to help and how I wanted to do it. And because of uh, a lot of associations that I'm in, people who are around me, I decided to write a book and I did. Yay! I decided that in May and the book will be out in March of this coming year. I just sent off my manuscript and it is all about helping savvy entrepreneurs to really market their business in ways that they have not thought about. And we'll talk about, I know we're going to talk about a little bit more going forward, but I've been in the business of internet marketing, website design, social media, graphic design for over 20 years. I'm married wow. to my awesome BFF for life, my hubby, who, I'm, who I love very much. And I have two grown children and five grandchildren. And I'm just uh, blessed to be here. Very, very blessed to be here because it, five years ago, my husband suffered suffered a devastating stroke and I thought that I would lose him, but I did not. God blessed me to keep him here and he looks awesome and you can't even tell that he had a stroke. But six months after that, I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer and I am a mm. survivor here to tell you that whatever it is in life that you want to do, you can do it no matter what happens to you. And I'm, me and my husband are living proof. So that's wow. my story. Wow, <laughs> what an awesome story. And we are thankful that you are uh, in recovery, not in recovery, but you are pe- beyond your can- yes. breast cancer and that your husband is doing well. So we are thankful that all that news is good on this end. Yes. So Definitely. Let's, let's talk about a little bit about uh, the question I ask most of my guests, and that is, how do you define purpose and what does success mean to you? How did you define purpose and what does success mean to you? I define purpose just by knowing what it is that you feel like you are here to do. And that can be a loaded question because most people don't know why they're here. Mm -hmm. They don't know why God spared them from whatever they were spared from or what they're supposed to do from day to day. And I've taken this whole entire year of 2016 to really get clear on what it is that I wanted to do in life and how I wanted to show up and who I wanted to help. And I knew that I love working with women, women business owners especially. And although I've worked with um, startups, solopreneurs, small businesses, I really like to work with business owners who have been in business probably three to five years because they've got their foot they've got their footing. They kind of know where they are. And now they know that they need in order to grow, they know that they need to do things differently. Mm -hmm. And how I define success is like, I guess it's me waking up in the morning, raring to get out of bed, doing what I want to do in life. And if I don't want to do one thing, I can do that because I am an entrepreneur. I work for myself and I love it. So Mm -hmm. that is my idea of success. And I can work from anywhere. So That is great. Now, how long have you been in business? 22 years. 22 Mm -hmm. years. So we have truly an expert on today's 
episode. So we need to have <laughs> our pen and paper out because 20 years is a long time. You know, the average I hear is five to seven years for most entrepreneurs and you have yeah. gone 20 years. So that is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very proud of that. And actually my husband and I were married in June of 1994 and in November of 1994, we incorporated this business. Mm. So it hasn't been, you know, all red roses and glory land all the time. But I've had clients who have come who have been with us for like 10 or 15 years and who have left and come back. And they say, wow, we came back because you're still here through the rough times. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot to keep it going. But the key that I've found to really staying on top of things and staying just staying it's just being able to adapt, looking at the trends that are going on and being able to put your business in those trends and not be afraid to change things up when you need to. Wow. So when you think about the 20 years, because, you know, the School of Purpose podcast is really for individuals that I would say are emerging leaders, emerging entrepreneurs, career professionals who really feel like they have an idea. Mm-hmm. really want to make the transition from employee to uh, entrepreneurship, but really are not sure how to make that happen. And so considering your 20 years, what are some of those key principles that someone really needs to consider and think about before they actually take the leap or make the transition into entrepreneurship? Wow, that's a great question and kind of a loaded one. <laughs> A lot of people, I mean, if you're like me, I'm unemployable. I just have to tell you, I'm <laughs> definitely unemployable to all those poor um, bosses and stuff who had to deal with me when I was an employee. I feel, I'm so sorry. I apologize because I'm an entrepreneur to the bone. Mm. My mother was an entrepreneur. She ran a daycare in the heart of uh, the civil rights movement when, mm. you know, black folks couldn't do a whole lot of stuff. She was running a home daycare. My grandmother, her mother, was an independent contractor. She worked in different people's houses, but she made her own schedule, did her own thing. And her mother, my great-great-grandmother, ran her own farm in Spartanburg, South Carolina, when, you know, a black woman running a farm, what, you know, who does that? What is that? So that was, that was in my blood. So I've always known that I needed to be doing something that I wanted to do. And plus, I was always trying to change what other people were doing. You know, when I would go into their company, I was like, you're not doing that right. And you should be doing this. And they're looking at me like, honey, this is my company. (laughs) So I really, I really had to get on my own. But the best piece of advice I could give someone who is thinking about taking that step into entrepreneurship is number one, to hire a coach. Hmm. And the reason I say that is because you've got money right now. You're working, you got some, you have some type of money coming in, you're working. So you can find a coach who you, can invest in and she or he will invest in you to help you get clear on what you want to do. Now, although I've been in business for 20 years, my business has really changed. When we first started, we were doing websites, hard coding websites and using Mm -hmm. front page and hot dog. And if you don't even know what those things are, don't worry, they're not even around anymore. So now we use, we design our our websites using WordPress Mm -hmm. and up until what, seven years ago, seven or eight years ago, nobody even knew what WordPress was. So now it's the standard. When you say WordPress, everybody knows. So that just shows you that we've had to adapt. We've had to change. So if you're step, thinking of stepping out into entrepreneur land, it's a whole different ball game going from 
employee to entrepreneur and you need someone to help you navigate that. Because even though you think, you know, hey, I, I don't have to get up in the morning. I can do what I want. I can sleep late. Yes, you can sometimes, as I said earlier, but you're going to have to get up early at some point and probably stay late at a lot of points to get the work done because there is no boss over your shoulder. Mm -hmm. There is no deadline someone's making you meet. You are making your own deadlines. And some people thrive on that and some people don't. And what a coach will help you do is to see if you're, number one, if you're even cut out to be an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. because some people aren't. And if you are, they'll help you to see what type of entrepreneur you are cut out to be. Mm-hmm. You know, are you the type that needs to have a franchise? Maybe you're, you're going to invest in a franchise. They have the whole marketing system there. It's kind of like you're working for yourself but not by yourself. Or are you the type of person that's going to start something up from scratch and go from there and make it into something else? Right. So, you know, and, yeah. and, and you're right. You know, you may not necessarily be a person who would be a full-time entrepreneur. But there is a term that I like to use called parallelpreneur. These are individuals who have careers that they enjoy, but have Mm -hmm. hobbies or skills outside of their careers that can bring in an extra stream of income. And so I call them parallelpreneurs. They have a great hobby where they have the ability. Really, it's not a hobby once you have the ability to make some money. Right. Uh, And they can, you know, create a website or what have you to be able to market those services to those clients just to have an extra stream of income. So even if you don't have a desire to be a full time entrepreneur, that whole Mm -hmm. idea of parallelpreneurship is a great um, way to bring in extra income into your house and to begin to build something so that when you maybe retire or when you do get tired of uh, working that Mm -hmm. full-time job, you have something that's already in place that you've been building along the way. So I think that's great. I like that. I've never heard that before. So I like, I like that. I like that. That's good. That's good. Cause a lot of people, it's scary trying to step out on your own, letting go of that paycheck. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, Oh my God, what am I going to do in two weeks or a month? when I don't have guaranteed money coming in. And that's what entrepreneurship is all about. You have no guaranteed money Mm -hmm. unless you get a contract with someone. And that's only guaranteed as long as they keep up their end of it. So that's true. true. And there's no guarantee even uh, with our jobs. You know, I was laid off um, three, almost three years ago, uh, this coming April. And, Mm -hmm. I never really had considered entrepreneurship until then. Oh, really? You know, I was the parallelpreneur. I was speaking, you know, at colleges and universities on the weekends or in the evening or doing engagements when I was off, but Mm -hmm. didn't know that I was going to be forced to do it, you know, full time. But I could not go back to a nine, just a traditional nine to five. And so I think I'm with you. I think I'm almost (laughs) unemployable too. (laughs) Right. Well, once you've been out there for a while, either you can't go back or nobody wants you back. So (laughs) you're kind of stuck anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Well, along this 20 year journey that you've had in entrepreneurship, what's been the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome in following this passion that you've had? Wow. I think it would be not turning back because up until until maybe 
about a year and a half ago, I was always like, okay, I can always get a job. Mm-hmm. I, and I have gotten, you know, different part-time gigs, jobs, um, projects, whatever, that were actually not my entrepreneur status. You know, I was working contractor, independent contractor. And I had always thought, you know, I'll just go back for a little while. I'll do that. And every, every single time I made that decision, I was miserable mm-hmm. because I would put myself right back into that employee frame of mind, dealing with people who I didn't really want to deal with. So the biggest thing I learned was, like my, mo- my mama always told me when in marriage, you know, if you're going to leave, don't go back. And if you're going to go back, don't leave. So I had to apply that to my work experience. So I'm not ever going back to a J-O-B. And I love being an entrepreneur. And it's just really, because I think it's harder sometimes to just keep with that entrepreneur track, even though, you know, sometimes it's low, sometimes it's high. But you have to continually just think, okay, what am I going to do next? I'm only as good as a project that I'm working on right now and the money I'm bringing in right now. What am I going to do next? Until you get to the point where you're the CEO of a multimillion dollar company or whatever. And some people don't even want that. You know, they just want enough money to make ends meet or to be able to to have some free free up income so they can do something. So that's been my biggest thing. Just staying straight on that journey and not, you know, like, oops, money's not coming in. Let me go do this. Then that just takes me away from my focus that I need to be going forward because I think if I had done that from the beginning and kept going straight, even though I've been in business for 20 years, it's not, you know, I'm not sitting on a pile of money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think I could have done much better just really being focused and not letting other things just get in my way and, you know, the bright, shiny ball object. Oh, let's go over there. Oh, let's do this. That's hard. Hearing you say that, it reminds me of a quote that, I heard Will Smith talk about. It. He said, "There's no need for a Plan B, because it only distracts from Plan A." It that is so true. That is so true. Once and and you give into those those demons of I'm not good enough, or mm. I should be doing this, or you allow your focus to get on somebody else who's doing the exact same thing you are, but they're way ahead of you. Mm-hmm. You know, in your mind, you think they're way ahead of you. But one thing that I have learned from being in business this long is that nobody is really way ahead of you. Mm-hmm. We are all struggling the same. We may not, be, may not be struggling with the same things at the same time, but we're all struggling in our own way. And we're not going to come out and tell you, child, I can barely make rent today. <laughs> you know, we're going to keep that face on and, you know, we're doing right, our thing. Right. But if you knew us, if you knew, you know, we're our really deep and true friend, you would know the struggles that we're mm-hmm. going through. But you can't let people like... If I really told you what was going on some days, you'd be like, why are you doing that? Because I can't do anything else. I don't yes. want to do anything else. This is in my blood. I have to keep going. Yes, there have been many days. You know, I am thankful for the various opportunities over the last uh, two and a half years that have helped me to to stay afloat. One has really been ministry, you know, being able to mm-hmm. take the same skill set that I currently have in building my business and utilizing that for my church in the marketing and communications area and social right. media presence, you know. And so they were able to take the skill set that I use to build my business, to build my brand, and I'm able to mm-hmm. use, utilize that in ministry and to have another stream of sustenance or income coming into my house so that I can continue to pursue what I love to do. So definitely. 
And that's it. And you mentioned a key thing about different streams of income. Mm-hmm. You can't, I don't care what business you're in, you can't just rely on one thing. Because right. if you think about even the biggest brand you could think about right now, let's say McDonald's, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. McDonald's sells fast food. But look at all the different streams of income they get from the fast food that they do. Right. And then they invest in other things. They have other money coming in that they don't tell anybody about. If you really knew what the whole McDonald's corporation mm-hmm. was into, mm-hmm. you'd probably probably be really shocked. So they're not just locked into selling a hamburger. Right. They're doing a lot of other things. And as entrepreneurs, we have to do that too. We have to find other streams of income, other partners that we are I don't want to say in bed with, but, you know, in a project with, yeah, for lack of a yeah. better word. And I believe the CEO or the original CEO of McDonald's, Ray Kroc, I believe was his name. He always said that we're not in the hamburger business, but we are in the real estate business because See? they try their best to buy the most uh, lucrative corners in mm-hmm. cities to place those McDonald's. And so you are absolutely right. Multiple streams of income. I like to utilize Genesis when the Garden Eden of Eden was being created by God. There were four rivers that flowed into the garden. Mm-hmm. And my motto is, is that I need at least four streams flowing into my garden. My I know that's home. right. <laughs> yes, you and do. So I'm always looking for opportunities that are in alignment with my purpose in yes. alignment yes. with my skill set that will allow me to create those extra streams. So I do keynote speaking as an inspirational speaker. I have a coaching membership program. I do private um, premium coaching Mm one-on-one. And then I also am now working on starting my own Amazon store. Oh, wow. Awesome. So, you know, having those different streams of income are very important to me because I want to make sure that I leave a lasting legacy and some level of wealth to the next generation. That's the key, too. You know, we were as African-Americans, black Negroes, what, you know, Negroes, whatever you want to call us. Mm -hmm. We were brought to this country, the United States, with nothing. And the people who were here before us, they migrated to this country, took over things, and made the rules. So we have to, being the minority, of course, we have to play by some of the rules. But the Internet has kind oh, of, yes. like, made that, made that like, uh, it's a level even. playing. Yes. yes. Because you can't tell. You can't tell the color of someone's skin or whatever unless they just show it to you. But... It has given all of us the opportunity to do things that we never would have thought of doing mm-hmm. in previous years that we were held down for. Even even my grandmother, you know, yes, she was an independent contractor. She worked in different people's homes. But nowadays you call her an independent contractor before she was a housekeeper, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but she was independent with that. She didn't let just she worked for many different people and made her own schedule. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at the opportunities that we have. You have to take hold of it and figure out what can I bring to this world? What, what is my purpose? Like you asked me in the right. very beginning. That's why I wrote the book because I don't want to just do websites mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. You know, I wanted to do something where I can help more than one person. A website, if you think about it, one website for you, I can create an awesome you know, website presence for you, show you how to help get your clients and stuff. But that's just one person. 
what I have to offer is so much bigger than that. So I said, you know, hey, let me write this book about all these different strategies that business owners can use to market their business that they never thought about and show them how to do it. And then off of that, create income streams like um, the book launches in March. So that's going to be one income stream. Yay, I'm so happy about that. But then in April, I'm going to launch my Unmarket Your Business Academy, which is going to be an online school. Yeah, online school, online academy where people can come to get more of those strategies and get more of me. And then after that, the month, month after that, I'm launching my Unmarket Your Business Mastermind group. And this is going to be a chance for me to get with about six to eight really key uh, business owners who really want to take it to the next level. And we're going to go through three of my 10 strategies in three months and help them perfect that. So that's like three income streams right there off of that one book. So we have to do stuff like that. So since you mentioned it, let's transition a little bit into talking about your book and some of the okay. uh, key topics of it. Because one of the things that I wanted to focus on for this particular podcast is the importance of personal branding. You know, I talk about building a personal brand of influence a lot with my clients and those who follow me because I think it's very important for us mm-hmm. to build personal brands, even if you're a career professional. Right. You want to build a brand that meets the needs of those whom you work for or those who mm-hmm. you want to help or those who you desire to be your clients or customers. And building that personal brand, which is your promise to your audience, is very mm-hmm. key to making sure that you are successful in whatever you do. And so let's talk a little bit about your book. What's the title of it and what are some of the high points? Okay, well, the title is Unmarket Your Business, 10 Ways for Savvy Entrepreneurs to Stand Out, Stop Struggling, and Start Profiting. Mm. And the whole premise of the book is the 10 strategies, and they're, they're all things that I have done on my 20-year journey of, to get where I am. One of the chapters is called Run for President, which is very <laughs> timely right now. <laughs> but it's not what you think. It actually... Uh, tells you how to get into an organization at whatever level you're in and using that organization to propel yourself, your brand and your business to the top. Mm. And if you're going to run for president, if you make president, that's fine. If you don't make president, that's fine too, because along the way you're going to pick up, you're going to be able to influence others. People are going to see you as the expert and they're going to start to turn to you as the one who has all the answers. And that's really what you want anyway, because if they turn to you because you have the answers, that means that they respect you, they know you, they trust you, they like you, and eventually they will start buying from you. Wow. So run for president. What's another key chapter in the book? The other one is get, one of the other ones that I love is get behind the cause. And it's based on cause marketing. And that is how you see those campaigns for red and the breast cancer things going on and how these businesses are really turned painting their whole business pink because they're they're supporting breast cancer or their whole business is around red, how they, you know, help stop AIDS in Africa and things like that. It's just whatever cause is true to you, true to your heart, that you feel just compelled to get the word out about, get behind that and use that as part of your business to help get your word out. Now, each of this, each of the um, 
chapters. I have a case study in there of a client of mine who I've helped do this. And one of the client in um, Get Behind the Calls, her name is Annette Hughes. She's a good friend of mine. She grew up with my husband, actually. And she's a wellness, um, I want to say a counselor. Okay. And she does a social, what, what do they call it? I can't, my brain is gone right now. She's a wellness counselor and she deals with social services. So she sees a big need in this whole world for people who have mental health problems and she mm-hmm. wanted to help. So she found out about uh, SAMHSA, who has a dedicated wellness week every year. And she said, you know, I could do that. So she started this about three years ago, and I got involved last year, the second year, and I was the wellness, the uh, race coordinator for that end of it. And it's a big, huge wellness day. She doesn't make any money off of it. But going from just having 20 people that came to the thing in the first year to this year, it was just overrun with people, with people coming to showcase their businesses. She even won an award for doing it. We had the breakfast that was a lunch the week before the event. Mm -hmm. And last year we had like a dinner and maybe about 30 people showed up. This year it was standing room only. We had almost 100 people. There were school officials. There were senators. There were all types of people from the local government. Everybody just came in there to have breakfast and to sit down and see what can we do to help people be healthier. Right. be more well than they are right now. So I use her as an example of what you can do with cause marketing. It can, it can just be any cause, but you need to get behind it. You need to really work it because the side effects mm-hmm. of what cause marketing is, is that people look at you and like, wow, look at what you've done. And you, your, your personal brand just kind of builds up and up and up. People just want to get around you. You you know, you get these awards and you get this stuff going on if you work really hard. Now, they're not just going to give you awards, but she really did an awesome job with that thing. And it's just, I, I see how just being passionate can help you in your own business because then they see you and they're like, well, what else do you do? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a counselor. Oh, you know, I know some people who you're going to help and I can come and schedule with you. So that's what that chapter is about. And then one other one that I like to bring out, and this is build, build your brand using social media. And this is my heart. And this is talking about how you can use social media to build your personal brand and your business brand, get yourself out there and really become known Because when I first started this in 2005, uh, being a social media person and knowing about social media, nobody knew anything about Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, any of these other things that were going on. But social media is the most cost-effective way for you to market your business. And you don't really have to spend a lot of money. Right. You know, it it will cost you some time, but you don't have to spend a lot of money. And you can get so many quality followers, people who know, like, and trust you and learn to know, like, and trust you. Because, oh, the next step to that is they start buying from you. Mm-hmm. And then if they really like you, they buy from you over and over again. And then they move up to brand advocate where they not only buy from you over and over again, but they tell their friends and followers, hey, you need to buy from this person. So that's the goal. And that's just three of the chapters that are, that are there. Wow. So it sounds like we really need to get the book so that we can... Uh, read the rest of those chapters. You know, you yes. mentioned brand advocacy. You mentioned social media. Why is it important for an organization or individual to really own their online property? And when I say online property, if they could purchase their name, if they could 
purchase mm-hmm. their organizational name and get the .com or the .org. Why is that important? Because it really depends on what you're trying to put out there. What A brand is not for you. It's for the people who you're trying to influence. Mm-hmm. That's what a brand is for. So, And your branding is what people are saying about you when you're not in the room. Mm-hmm. So even if you tell them, hey, I'm the best web designer you ever met in your life, and you turn around and walk out and people are like, she don't even know what she's talking about. She don't even know how to do this or that. You know, you got to stand up behind that brand. And why not put your name out there? Because other celebrities do it. Mm-hmm. Celebrities usually do it kind of backwards. You know, they get famous and then they buy things right, with their name, right, right. put their name on things. So why not do it in the way that it's meant to be done? Make your name a household thing. Mm-hmm. You know, stand behind it, do great work, put out great content. Be there to help others succeed, and then your brand will just come up and up and up after that. And it's very important. If you can get your name, if you want to, you know, decide, you need to decide first. Do you want to be known for your name, Mm -hmm. or do you want to be known for your company? Mm -hmm. So right now, for instance, my company is, uh, my website is csicorporation.com. That is the company that my husband and I have. And I had to make a decision when I was getting ready to market the book, do I want to be Carol J. Dunlop? Or do I want to be CSI Corporation and I'm the VP who wrote this book? So for now, I want to be the VP who wrote this book because I definitely want to bring my husband along on this ride. And my company is CSI Corporation, but I'm still Carol J. Dunlop who wrote the book. And you can find out all the information about me and go to the website. That may change, but for right now, that's that's what I'm doing. And and you have to make a conscious decision either way. Neither way is wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just whatever you want to do. Because I have literally gone back and forth um, because this coming year will be actually my first year where I will establish as an LLC. I've really been functioning more as a sole proprietor, just as a speaker and as a coach. I hadn't necessarily Mm -hmm. really needed an LLC. But now that I'm making more money and having more assets, I need to make sure that I am covered and i went back and forth back and forth on should i create a company name or should i just use my name for the company and i've leaned more towards using my name uh, for the company because i am building a personal brand and people know me as a speaker Mm -hmm. and i just want to make sure that it's all clear on all the platforms so that no one is confused and so i'm going back and forth on two different names that are utilizing my name in the company name so that I am ready to continue to grow and move forward in 2017. So, Well, it's, it's like I said, n- there's not a wrong way to do it. You just have to be comfortable with whichever way you decide to do it, own it, and keep moving forward. Like I said, for me, since the company was in my husband and my name, I didn't want to just step out there like, okay, husband, you just go on to the side and I'm going to be the star. I want both of us to be up in the spotlight because without him, I couldn't do anything that I've done without his support, without his pushing me, without his kicking me out of the bed, get up, go do this. You know, I I couldn't do any of this. So I want to honor that. But I do, you know, when I put my name on the book, Hey, I wrote this book. So my name is going to be on this book. (laughs) So it kind of, it kind of just, you know, it kind of just depends. And some people, you know, we go back to the people who are kind of establishing their brand, you know, they're getting out there. Maybe you work for a company, but you're writing a book. So you have to see, you know, are you going to set yourself out there and say, I am whatever my name is, or I am whatever my name is who works for this company. It all depends on your organization, how high you're up. You know, I know a friend of mine had a 
a client helped him write his book and he was CEO of a company, but he really kept the book on a low key kind of thing. Cause he wanted to be, he wanted to establish his speaking and all that mm-hmm. after he left the after company, he after left, he retired. Okay. So he didn't want to come out and say, Hey, I'm so-and-so. And they're like, well, where's the company? So mm-hmm. he just, you know, speaks on behalf of the company. And he, while he's speaking, they have allowed him to promote his book and everything. But That's when good. he finishes, he is going to be, this is my speaking journey. This is my book. Mm-hmm. So you, you just have to, it's all a strategy. Right. You know, it's all, you just have to think about it. Which is the number one way to sell your book. I, I try to tell authors all the time, they write mm-hmm. these books and they sit on the shelf and I ask them, well, what organizations have you spoken to in the last week or who have you reached out to to go speak to, even if it's for no cost to them? Right. You have your book to be able to recoup whatever time, uh, whatever effort you put into preparing that presentation because you'll have mm-hmm. your books with you. And if you want to get those books sold, you have to be a speaker. You yes. have to be a speaker. That was one of my reasons for, well, there were two. I was like, okay, I want to take my business to the next level, take me to the next level. So how can I do that? I'm going to write a book, right? So what can really put me out there like on a mass level so people will know who I am, get to know me? Because when people see me and are introduced to me, they really like me. They want to work with me. But I don't want to be just the best kept secret. Mm -hmm. So I've got the book. Put the book out there. How do you put the book out there? You speak. Mm -hmm. And when you speak, they ask you about the book. Right. right. And you have the book and you sell it. But the book isn't the only thing because, you know, which would you rather have a $15 sale on a book or a $1,500 speaking engagement? So they just build on each other. The book is the first is the cornerstone that starts everything. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you keep building and building and building. Yeah. And one thing that I've learned as a as a speaker, your your products in the back of the room make you more money than the speaking fees. And I say that because, you know, I recently had a speaking engagement where I did it at no cost to the organization that brought me. And the reason why mm-hmm. I use that terminology is because it's never for free. Because right. I have to put in time <laughs> and I yes. have to prepare. I got to drive there. I got to do all of those mm-hmm. things. And I used a chapter in a friend of mine's book to bring home a particular point. Mm-hmm. By the time I finished that speech, everybody wanted that book. See? And that's, that's how when you do I it. knew <laughs> that I've got to have a book, you know, because right. people want to carry home. Yes. What they want a piece of deliver. you. They want a piece of yes, you. Yes, they, they want, want a piece, piece of, you. of you. And mm-hmm. my coach, my speaking coach, and another coach of mine always has just indoctrinated me this year that you're doing your customers, your clients, those who you speak to a disservice when they don't have anything to carry home with them after you finish your talk. Right. And you think of that, think of it this way. How much can you really influence someone with one speech? Right. Just one speech, one time. They never see you again. If you think, think about Martin Luther King, and we always think about, you know, his Sermon on the Mount and how there were all these people that were there out on the lawn and, you know, getting into, getting in excited about this whole thing that they're doing. But there was only one speech, and he had, he had spoken to other people like mm-hmm. thousands mm-hmm. of times. Mm-hmm. So you, I don't think you can make 
the um, changes in someone else's life, the transformation in your own life and in other people's lives by just one speech. I really don't. Right. You, right. They have to hear you over and over. And, you know, what, what in sales, people, they say it takes 11 touches for someone to want to buy from you anyway. So if they hear one speech and they may, okay, he said something about his book. Let me go to his blog. I'm looking at the blog. Oh, he's got an article. Here. Let me read that article. Oh, he does podcasts. Let me listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, now he says that he actually does one-on-one coaching. Well, maybe I have to get involved with that. You know, they may stop at five and start right, buying right, from you. Right, right. But they've got to have those different touches. Mm-hmm. That is good. So would you recommend someone to go ahead if they're if their name was still available, if the company name that they've been thinking about uh, was still available, would you recommend them going ahead and at least purchasing the URLs to those so that they don't get, you know, tied up into somebody else's hands? That's right. If, I mean, the thing is, if you think you have a good idea, you want to, you know, lock your name down, buy it, keep it. It's only what, $19 a year. Sometimes you can get it for $5 a year, depending on what company you go with and what specials they have. Go ahead and lock it down. There's not, later on, you may never use it. But the thing is, you're keeping somebody else from using it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but several years ago, Madonna was in a copyright, a trademark fight with someone about her name, mm. Madonna. Mm-hmm. And they had, you know, when the Wild Wild West in 1994 with, with the websites and stuff, people were just buying up domain names just to get them. And then they would hold on to them, hold them for ransom. And if you wanted it, they would charge you thousands of yes, dollars. Well, yes. she won that. Because she said, look, that's my name. You can't take my name and make it a dot com or whatever. That's mine. So she won that. But nowadays, it's not so easy, even if it is your name. Right. And yeah. if you're yeah. and if it's your name and you're not a, a uber celebrity, then, you know, try to go ahead and get that thing. Get as many as you want. You know, lock them all down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And which is interesting, you know, because we talked about business earlier. That in and of itself is a business. I've met couple of people here in Nashville who they're one of their streams of income is purchasing URLs that they think yes. are lucrative and then mm-hmm. selling those URLs later online, marketing them to the right people. And I, I know one guy in particular who, who literally bought a URL for eight, $9 and then turned around and sold it for 10,000. Wow. That's not unheard of. That yeah. one of my online summits that I was doing, I think we were trying to figure out, the name for it and the partner who I was with at, at that time helping me with the summit. I forgot what the name was. It was uh, for my fitness business and it was like lose weight 2013 or something. Mm-hmm. And she came back and said, Carol, do you know this thing is worth $10,000? Do we need to, <laughs> you know, should I go ahead and, uh, cause we had already purchased it. She was mm-hmm. like, should I just sell it? So I was like, at that time I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you're, you're the expert in this. And she right. was like, we decided not to, but it was still a good thing because, you know, we were going to put it on the open market and try to, you know, auction it off. And, you know, that's a headache. But what what did happen is we, we created an app around that summit okay. and we got almost a thousand people to sign up for the summit through the app on iTunes. So, that's great. you know which eventually we did sell the summit and things like that. So, hey, you know, it might not have been 10000 but it was pretty good, and we held on to it for a while, so it was a good decision. Very good, <laughs> very good. So we've had a great conversation. Now I want to just kind of transition into some what I call 
purpose one answer laser questions where we just asked about resources of productivity that you may recommend to individuals who are currently entrepreneurs or who, you know, want to transition into it. So what's one online resource tool, website, or app that has enhanced your productivity and focus? Oh, Asana. Asana. A-S-A-N-A.com. Are you familiar with it? Is that a project management type tool? Yeah. Okay. It is a project management type tool. It helps me keep all my clients straight when they want to get on it and do what I tell them to do. And I manage a couple of different um, online associations. So it helps keep everybody like intact so that they know what they're going to do. And it handles the email. You can put the um, JPEGs or whatever graphics. You can just put it all in one place so you can go there. The trick is just get everybody else to get on board with it. But it, it is a really great app. I love it. Nice. Outside of your book, What's one book that's had the biggest impact on you? Ask by Ryan Levesque. Love that book because he was the one that kind of got me to thinking about how I could serve my audience better. Mm -hmm. And I'd I'd always, in, in the programs that I created, I'd say, well, you just need to ask them. Well, then in his book, Ask, he tells you the real questions that you need to ask people and how you need to ask it. And he lays it all out. So I love that book. One caveat about the book, it is very technical okay, and it's not entertaining. Mm-hmm. It is very like you, you have to be in your, I'm going to learn something in a dry mode mode when you read it, but it's good. You can glean good stuff out of it. <laughs> good, good. What are you currently reading now? I am. Well, ask, I'm still reading that one, trying to get through with it. I have a bunch of books. What? Oh, there, there was a book that uh, I ran into this author. I went to a showcase, a um, speaker showcase, where a friend of mine was. And a gentleman who was a CEO of a company wrote a book called Civility Rules. And his book was talking about how people over years and years and years, how they grew up with these crappy attitudes or they act in these crazy ways, kind of like people were doing during the recent elections and just saying what they want, acting how they feel. And he was like, that stuff has got to stop. Didn't your mama raise you better than that? So his, his book is all about um, how to get that back into the workplace mainly. It's called Civility Rules. I can't think of his uh, name right now, but it's a really good book. I just started reading it. And he really impressed me when I met him because somebody would actually address that. I was like, is this whole world going crazy? People just say what they want anytime they feel like it was the world is going on here. So it was a good book. What's one conference you think everyone should attend? Oh, I just, and this will be good for the speaking community. It's called Speak. And Suzanne Evans and Larry Winget, who are, Larry Winget is a, internationally known speaker and Susan Evans is an internationally known coach who coaches speakers to speak and she makes a lot of money at doing it. So I had known about Susan Evans for a good while. Now I have to tell you, she is not for the faint of heart. Just going to say it right now. She's, uh, you know, she's very in your face Mm -hmm. and her little mouth is kind of potty, potty mouth. But if you can get past that and look at how she does because this chick makes a lot of money okay. she's from my hometown south carolina she makes a lot of money and she knows what she is talking, <laughs> talking about, about okay. she knows what color the conference is called speak it mm-hmm. was just here in atlanta and i'm not sure if they have another one well they won't have another one this year i think next year they'll come back but i was so impressed with it and 
everything that you learn for free. It's a three-day conference that you go to. Uh, I think you pay a deposit and you get a deposit back when you go there. But the things that you learn, I mean, I had a notebook like this thick and I took notes on every single page. It helped me so much. Mm, wow. Speak. Mm-hmm. If you had a million dollars to use to build your business, what's one thing you would immediately invest in? Wow. A million dollars. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. I think I would invest in state-of-the-art communication to make sure that wherever I am in this world, I can communicate with my people at any given, mm-hmm. any given moment. And really, um, because of the Internet and technology and how it is, I really wouldn't have to use the whole million. Probably maybe a quarter of it or something, and the rest of it I would travel. But I would travel to those places where I could communicate with at all times. (laughs) Good, good, good. And so we all are products of our rituals, practice, and habits. So what is your number one ritual practice that helps you stay focused, intentional, and in alignment with your purpose? Ooh, wow, that's a good one. It would have to be writing down my to-do list at the beginning of the day. Mm. If I write down the 10 things, yeah, just sometimes it gets longer, 10, 11, 12, 13. But if I write down just the 10 things that I want to get done for that day and I can go through, and even if I don't get them out, just the fact that I can line them out, strike them out as done, that makes me feel so good. And I found that when I don't do, even if I don't get to all 10, but if I don't even do the list, I find myself floundering through throughout the day, just jumping from this to that. So the list helps to keep me on track and I can look at it and go, okay, I haven't done this, this, or this, but I need to do this. And it keeps me on track. Good. And that's just old pen and paper. I don't even use a computer, just pen and paper. Write it down. Right. What is your favorite thing to do with your spare time? Searching the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Research, okay. searching. I I'm an information hoarder, so okay. I hoard a lot of information. And I find a lot of things that I didn't know about. That's how I found you. I mean, even though I'm a member of the same group that you're mm-hmm. a member of, mm-hmm. if I hadn't been just searching and kind of, you know, just casually, I would have never seen your invitation. So awesome. that's my thing. Awesome. Well, we have come close to the end of the show. And so since we're on the one thing type of questions, What's one piece of advice that you would give someone who is ready to move more greatly in their purpose and really change and transform their lives for the better? Whoa, one thing. Well, I already said the Howard Coach, but um, I would say just learn all you can Mm -hmm. about what you want to do. Okay. Because you may find that what you want to do, either you can't get paid for it, nobody wants it, or it's not what you want to do anyway. Mm. So if you spend the time to research and find out everything you can about what, whatever this one thing is you want to do, you'll learn all the answers that you need, and it'll help you in moving forward. Because there's nothing worse than you like, yes, I got this thing, I'm going to do this, you know, I'm ready to go, and you get out there, and nobody's going to pay you. Nobody doesn't even think that's a problem. And then you don't even want to do it when you get started. So save yourself a lot of trouble. Research, research, research. Do your research before you make the move. 
So this has been a wonderful podcast today. We've gone close to a little over 40 minutes now. And so we (laughs) are really uh, having a good time just discussing, you know, how do you build a personal brand? Why is a website important? Why your online presence is important? But then we also talked about a little bit about some of the obstacles and things that you have to press and fight through in order Mm -hmm. to maintain uh, what it is that you want in life. And so you said that you had a free gift that you wanted to offer to the listening audience. Let us know how we can access that free gift so that we can stay connected with you. I would love to. Thank you very much for that opportunity. Now, we talked a little bit about um, social media and putting things out there. Well, I have this, people always come to me and say, Carol, how do I find stuff to share on social media? I don't know where to look. Well, I put together a resource at resource that has 15 of my all-time favorite top free resources where you can find content to share with your audience. And these are all free services Mm -hmm. that you can use to get that content out there. And you can uh, access it by going to my website, csicorporation.com slash 15 resources. That's csicorporation.com slash one five resources. Download it. It is totally free and I hope you use it. Go make great content. Put great content into the world. And that is csicorporation.com forward slash 15 resources. Yeah. Well, Carol, we thank you for participating uh, with us on the School of Purpose podcast. I do believe that there's something, absolutely, that someone will be able to take from this podcast to be able to apply to their lives, their business, or their career. And I want you to know that this has been a great opportunity to speak with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I've enjoyed it, really. Wow. Wasn't Carol awesome? What great insight and great valuable content Carol provided on helping us really truly understand branding and how to build a successful brand. I particularly liked her sharing some of the concepts from her book called Unmarket Your Business, 10 Ways for Savvy Entrepreneurs to Stand Out, Stop Struggling, and Start Profiting. And four of those things that she shared included, you want to establish yourself as an expert. Then she said, decide on your calls and use that as part of your platform. Number three was build your brand using social media, both your personal and business brand. And number four was a brand is not for you, but for those who need what you have. I believe remembering those four principles are key to helping you to build a successful personal brand as well as a brand for your small business. Carol also provided us with a free gift offer. And all you have to do is to go to www.csicorporation.com dot com forward slash 15 resources that's www.csicorporation.com forward slash 15 resources well school of purpose i always am thankful for you to join me each and every week and this week of course was no different I want you, if you really enjoyed today's podcast, to go to iTunes and rate today's show. 
in order to rate the show, you have to subscribe or be a member of iTunes to be able to leave a review and a rating. But I appreciate you and thank you in advance for doing so. Also, I would like to let you know that I will be offering a webinar series starting this Wednesday, which will be December the 15th, no, December the 14th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's December the 14th, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time called Shift Your Life Masterclass. And I'm going to be doing these webinars over the next three weeks. And the cost of each webinar is $20.17. If you're interested in participating in this masterclass, all you have to go to is www.shiftitlife.com. That's www.shiftitlife.com. I would love for you to join me this week and the next two weeks for the masterclass because I really believe it's time for each of us to go to our next level. And we need to be held accountable and be among like-minded individuals. And that's why I created this series. Thank you again for joining me this week for the School of Purpose podcast. And as I always do, I end with this. Always shoot for the top because it is the bottom that's overcrowded.